Welcome to the Trades Podcast, a podcast about the business of home improvement and promoting the trades to young adults. In this podcast, we talk with business owners, educators, and professionals about the benefits, skills, and related experiences of the home improvement business. Tips to help you with being successful from entry into the trades or established business owners. In this podcast, we hope to influence some young adults that the trades as a career is a great option leading to full and prosperous life. I'm Danny Torres, an MC, DJ, and podcaster, inspiring young adults by shining light onto career opportunities in our world today. And I'm Jeff Mudd, home improvement contractor, writer of the Millionaire Carpenter series, and podcaster. Stay tuned to 15 to 20 minutes of insightful tips. Right here, ladies and gentlemen, the podcast, Trades Podcast, right here, recording in the Ignite Podcast Studios. I'm DJ Danny. I'm Jeff Mudd. And uh, before I butcher any of that, I just want to make sure that we have our wonderful special guest here today uh, with Garage82.com. Uh, give it up for Lori Narciso. Lori, how are you feeling? How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. It's nice to meet you guys. Awesome, awesome. Like you said, you, you mentioned earlier, you just uh, uh, almost on the on the vacation side, but it's only because of the hard work that you've been putting in with Garage 82. Um, uh, can you let us know a little bit more about Garage 82, uh, your, uh, um, your path to Garage 82? Maybe we'll go into a little bit more, but um, just to let everybody know exactly who you are and, and Garage 82 is. Yeah, sure. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. And yeah, Garage 82, it's a relatively new company, right? Started in the middle of a pandemic when most good businesses should start, right? Right in the middle of, uh, uh, you know, the society going through a major change um, yeah. as well. And I went through a major change with my career. Uh, so I was working with another company and one of my programs had come to an end and I scratched my head and said, you know, where do I see myself going forward and so uh, I thought about um, some avenues, potential avenues that we'll talk about going forward here in our, our podcast, but um, thus Garage 82 was born. That's amazing. Yeah, I, um, I, I've heard countless businesses that either they just decided to get up and start during the pandemic because it's, uh, it's you know, when you have something that's super important that you know people need to know about and that you can help out with. Yeah, that's great. And uh what was that experience like? I mean, you know, starting out during the pandemic, were you scared? Were you uh, nervous? I mean, all of the above. Yeah. What was that experience like? And, and we want to know why you picked the name of Garage 82. Oh, yeah. perfect. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Uh, so, yes, uh, very nervous, very scared, obviously, any as any new business owner would be starting a business. Um, I was fortunate, though, to have some great support from uh, – friend of mine named Kevin Schneiders, who I spent 24 years working with uh, through EDSI, which is another employer that I partner with. Um, and so I had some resources available and some support and, and great group of people that I had worked with over those 24 years that I now had uh, connections with that were helping me that I could reach out to and talk to for support and questions. So to be honest, without that, I probably would have never attempted it. And, uh, and so I was fortunate to be put in that situation and have such a great experience. Um, the name Garage 82, glad you asked. That was one question that I, I think uh, I'm surprised more people don't ask, right? Uh, Why do you name your business that way? Uh, so for me, you know, my garage is like my safe place, my when I need to go online and do something fun. I like to fiddle with 
repurposing items, doing different types of projects, working with my hands, working with tools. Uh, I try and do as much on my cars that I can that I feel comfortable with. And so my garage is really like where I go to relax and, and kind of get me time when I need it. And so uh, that that's why it was so important to have it in my, my business name. Uh, and as well as 82 is a percentage of recidivism. Uh, it's a rate of return, really a rate of recidivism for anyone um, that had been previously incarcerated over a nine year period. That's the rate of, of them reoffending after nine years. And so that percentage is so high to me in looking at, at that number to say, wow, you know, after nine years, if I committed a crime, 82% of those individuals reoffend at some point over that period. Uh, it's a population as, as we go forward in podcast, I'll talk about working with um, that I'm passionate about helping and supporting. And so I put it in the name to remind myself that I want to help reduce that number and that percentage. Yeah. Very admirable. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. That's, that's a, I mean, like you said, that, that, that number for a lot of people, if they don't know about it, that's, that's stunning to hear. Um, and uh, yeah, that, that's important, you know, to reduce that number and to have uh, uh, 82% of the reoffenders within that have been incarcerated or uh, had enough uh, offenders. Yeah. That's, um, that's a shocking number. And, but it's, it's important for you to have that, that name for everybody to, you know, promote it out and let everybody know exactly the services that you do provide with Garage 82 and the purpose behind it. Um, what's, uh, what's for anybody that's new to Garage 82 and really trying to get into it and reach out to you and exactly what it is that they can expect, uh, what's, uh, what's the services that you do provide? Sure. Yeah. We look to provide really pre-apprenticeship programming or short-term training uh, for a specific population. So um, my work experience in those 24 years really deals with uh, workforce investment and workforce boards. And, and, and what I mean by that is underserved populations. So um, your poor communities, your minorities, individuals with, um, you know, maybe struggle with their education levels, uh, that really need some kind of uh, support, whether it's um, economic support to help go through school or just, um, you know, some kind of structure or support that they maybe didn't have leaders or mentors or guidance uh, within their families to be able to come to a program like ours uh, to gain some some guidance so they don't have to do it on their own. Uh, you know, it, it's um, it's a lot to navigate for someone who might not have a good structure or ha- have, has not been taught how to go through uh, the steps, you know, to get to college or to get to trade school or to to go further beyond even high school. Um, and so what we offer are pre-apprenticeship programs really to get students exposure to know what's out there. Uh, so it, we focus right now on construction and carpentry, um, mainly carpentry, but the goal being to show students what's available, what the different types of industries, the different types of jobs they have, the great income that they can earn, uh, the great growth and opportunity within the industry, as well as for our populations um, that struggle economically, college may not be an option. So what what are some free avenues that they can take uh, to receive that kind of college education or that kind of work experience that would enable them to earn a very decent wage moving forward in their lives that that they can afford um economics is a big a big issue with our group uh so 
That's uh, generally what, what we provide. And we do some online training as well uh, to support those causes, you know, things around OSHA, uh, things around forklift operator within manufacturing industries and construction industries that would further enhance their education within the trades industries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I imagine, Lori, that you have graduates that could have been on a path to maybe public assistance or other worse things that the job training and eventually the jobs that they get after taking training have broken that cycle for not just them, but their whole family of public assistance. Have you got any stories like that or? Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, over 24 years, there's, there's lots of stories, you know, from successes and in, in people that have come back year after year that come and say, thank you, or come and support others. And you can see my cat right there. Thanks. He's snuck in the room. Sorry about that. It's all good. <laughs> um, but yeah, yes, countless, uh, countless opportunities for individuals and, and success stories like that. And you're right. It is, you know, uh, it doesn't take a lot to really break a cycle for, for folks that haven't really had, a, had an opportunity. So we do have um, quite a bit of, of students that you know, people that have been I've had people that are incarcerated for murder, you know, 10 years in 10 or 15 years in, in prison that come out that become very productive, uh, you know, their supervisors at their jobs, uh, you know, send their children to, to, to college um, and, and can be very successful. I think, you know, that's the point of giving people second chances or additional opportunities uh, once they once they do their time and, and, and pay the, the cost of their crime, you know, um, they should have an opportunity to be able to change their, their life in a positive way if they can put forth that effort. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, that that's amazing, you know, to hear those stories because it's not every day. It's not promoted enough is one thing of those stories. Um, you just don't hear it enough out there in the media. Um, but uh, but knowing that they have Garage 82 to kind of uh, have a resource to, you know, find a path is going to be key because, um, you know, we've had other um, uh, business owners that were on the show that had mentioned that they, they do really seek out anybody that are looking for those second chances, you know, and they allow those, uh, those, those uh, type of candidates or, you know, anybody that's searching for a job within the trades to have them and onboard them onto their company and, um, and provide a certain training to provide the certain resources that they need to understand that they, they don't need to go back into that path. Like you said, of that 82% that goes back into the, um, the, uh, the second offender side of mm-hmm. things. And uh, I think that's key. And, uh, you know, the stories that you have really does have a testament of your training programs that I would say that you do provide. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about those programs and um, and w- what someone going into it would can kind of expect? Yeah, sure. Um, so we kind of partner with some workforce programs as well that do a lot of the enrollment of the students, uh, the el- determining eligibility of who could come through our programs and meets their requirement because we are uh, state funded or federally, federally funded um, to operate our programs. And in that partnership, the student receives a bunch of supports verse, um, as well for private supports, educational supports, case management, um, barrier remediation. So a lot of times a student might have an issue or something preventing them. Something as simple as I can't get to your program. I don't I don't have a means of, I don't have a car. I don't have money to pay transportation to get to you or to get to work. Can you help me with that? 
Um, and so we partner with individuals, uh, programs throughout the community through the career links that refer students to us. When they get to us, um, we provide then the hard skill training that accompanies the soft skill training that the programs give. And they spend eight weeks with us in class learning how uh, all about the trade industry and what options and opportunities are available, uh, what kind of work they'll be doing, what what kind of skills they need. You know, if they're afraid of heights, then they probably you know don't want to be a, a pile driver or somebody that's <laughs> climbing scaffolding or working in uh, high rise things. So we kind of work through the different types of opportunities they can get get the student to look inside themselves and look at their their skills and their interests uh, and their fears and and their specialties and match them in that way to expose them to opportunity. We also place them with employers in the industry for 10 weeks for a paid work experience. So the cl- uh, the program pays the student during those 10 weeks. The employer works with them and gives them real real-time skills on the job, uh, mentors them teaches them more in depth of the practical work of what they're doing. Um, and they build a bond and relationship. And after those 10 weeks, if if they enjoy that student and they want to hire them onto their organization, uh, they can choose to do so. They get first rider refusal to do that. So they can increase their, um, uh, their company size by bringing on our students, right? And, and taking on more work. Uh, or they just continue and act and we'll take our uh, another student that comes through purely as uh, for the educational piece um, to mentor uh, over and over again as the student gra- students graduate out. Yeah. Um, That's been a great program in the past in my business. I've had a, a good half dozen or so students come through doing that 10 week program. And a couple of them have uh, um, declined the offer because they've learned enough and they go on to bigger and better things. Uh, but we have had a couple students that stay, and uh, we have had a uh, few that just don't even make it through the program. It's all up to the student, really, to get get what they want out of the program. Yeah, and you know, that's really like when you look at measuring successes, it, it, if someone doesn't complete the program, in, in our eyes, it's not necessarily a failure, right? Because the whole point of it is it's a pre-apprenticeship. It's really to to see what's out there and decide if it's right for you. And the only way you really can decide if it's right for you is if you take some steps and get involved with it, go through it and say, oh yeah, I really do like this or no, you know, I didn't, I didn't realize how physical it was, or I didn't realize how much math I needed, or, uh, you know, uh, I don't want to work so early in the morning, or I don't want to be in the heat uh, or the cold. And, and so that's what the point of the program is really to kind of help employers gain a student or work with, uh, have some inflow of workers that are prepared to stay as opposed to, you know, come through our program and learn and maybe say, okay, yeah, you know, it's not for me. So get that investment done prior to them going over to the employer um, to help with that retention. Yeah, that's that that's important because, I mean, I think what we're talking about more is, is like, what's the exposure that, that, you know, anybody is getting, to, uh, getting towards these type of trades and these opportunities. And the exposure of these things just uh, aren't marketed enough, aren't put out there enough into the world, uh, specifically right here in the U.S. Um, but um, that's a good point to kind of come across. I, th- I just was wondering, um, like, what was your early exposure to um, to the trades of how you got into it and um, what ultimately led you to Garage 82? Yeah, you know, I think when I was younger in high school, I'm, I'm a, a prime example of what you just mentioned, right? Um, we had a Votech school, but 
my mom wasn't progressive and, and girls didn't do that kind of work. So I, I wasn't allowed to go take shop class. I had to take home ec. And, you know, when I when I wanted to go, what I, she asked me what I'd be, I said I wanted to be an auto mechanic. And she said, no, girls aren't auto mechanics. You're going to go to college. So I went to college and, it, and you know, I didn't really get to do the things that I that I wanted to do. And, I, and I've always it's always been in the back of my mind. And so, um, you know, when I was posed with that question, what do I want to do? I said, well, if there's no better time than now, if I'm not going to do it now, I'm never, I'm never going to get involved in it, you know, for the rest of my life. And so, um, you know, that's why I got into it. And my exposure really wasn't that great other than I'm a, a visual person. I'm a hands-on person. I like, I like to tinker and, and make, I have, I, I'm more creative than, uh, you know, someone who's more interested in, in books and reading and sitting at, at a desk and, and doing that kind of stuff. And so, Although I've done that my entire life up until now, I wanted to try and merge my two experiences, my 24-year history and workforce and working with various populations and helping them find employment and my love for uh, working with tools and, and getting involved in the trades. And so uh, I wouldn't say that I'm directly trades related, uh, but I do support and promote the growth because I do I do understand the opportunities it provides and it and it does allow me uh, to get in there and work with some individuals uh, and help expose them. My staff are uh, all either um, ex trades retired trades carpenters uh, or union uh, some union trade carpenters. Um, so they're the ones really teaching the students the the skills, and then I'm there beside them as well. Um, you know, enhancing mine and working with the students and, and working with them as well uh, in, in dealing with a lot of their social, emotional and, and, and um, barrier remediation and personal things as well and making that bond with the students. So, yeah, exposing and inspiring. That's that's like key. You know, uh, those, yeah. those are two things that a lot of people need to, you know, like you said, to make an ultimate decision on moving into a different career um or go off the beaten path of what they were told that they need to needed to do um but once they're exposed and once they get that inspiration it's it just comes naturally for them um, yeah i feel like kids today are um you know they they need to be challenged they need they need variety and so the trades offers that variety day to day from job to job you know one day they could be on a roof the next day they could be laying a foundation the day after that they could be painting uh, you know, cleaning, wh whatever the variety of, of, of options are, it, it keeps them engaged and interested and in, in, um, not running through the monotony of yeah. the same thing day, day out. Yeah. And, and, uh, and like you said, uh, I mean, we're, we're recording right here over Zoom and you started during 2020 where technology ended up being in everybody's face almost every day, be whether they wanted it or not. What what type of technology that you see these young adults kind of picking up within uh, part, the parts of your business that uh, and what's their kind of response within the industry and the new technology that's out there? Yeah, you know, I think it, to be honest, um, technology, ha I thought for sure would be one of their priorities in terms of their interest in getting involved in in the program. Um, but for them, it's really fixing things, building things. Um, helping their family, their communities with, um, because they don't have a lot of money, you know, if someone needs something repaired in their home, um, that's been the overwhelmingly uh, 
the, the overwhelming theme with, with our participants as they've come through. Um, and it, it hasn't been the technology, although, uh, you know, we take them out to, uh, we have a registered apprenticeship program that we're affiliated with, which is the um, East Atlantic States Carpenters Union. And up in Northeast Philly here, they have an amazing facility. And so uh, we take our students there for a site visit um, to expose them to the different types of training that they can receive um, and, and get involved with if they're, if they're interested. And um, they see all the large CNC machines, they see the, the dive tanks and the welding equipment, and um, they see all of the millwrights, heavy machinery and the, all the turbines that they work with and uh, the, their eyes do brighten and, and light up. And so um, through those tours and seeing those things in person, uh, you know, you, you can't stand next to a giant turbine it's like 17 times the size of you and not be in all over it. You can see the book, but it doesn't translate the same way. And um, so they, they do realize and get that exposure that if technology is their passion and that's what they want, there are very advanced jobs within the trades that they could pursue if, if they're interested. Yeah. There's, there's certification, uh, certifications they can jump into and kind of move in towards, uh, real quick, uh, Jeff, I, you probably had a thought, but you mentioned that you're out in Philly right now, Philadelphia. Um, what's, uh, just like real quick, what's, what's been like, what's the job market right there in the, in, for the trades industry out there in Philly right now, just for anybody that might be listening over there? Yeah. You know, um, you, you talked a little bit about second chance employers and I think, um, the, the job market, especially now that it's starting to warm up, uh, employers are struggling very much so to find qualified candidates. Um, you have you have a, a huge aging out process um, from the baby boomers, you know, that are coming through that are now retiring uh, from the trades. They, they retire earlier because your body can only hold on for so long and, and do this kind of work, right, physically. So they need young people to come in. Uh, so it is very good. Um, I think those second chance employers that are opening their minds and, and inviting uh, justice involved individuals into their organizations are brilliant because, you know, you can pull a kid out of a trade school, you can try and recruit from a community college, but you're, or a college in general, you're, you're competing with so many other organizations that attend those job fairs that go to those avenues and, and seek out participants you know, you could compete against 75 other employers for 10 students. Um, likelihood of you getting it as a small business are probably going to be slim to none. And so you have to start thinking of other avenues and other ways to attract talent. And programs like ours uh, and workforce programs are ways that employers can connect and with these students and these populations and really bring them in while they're young, train them the way they want to train them. Um, that's one of the other advantages because they don't know anything. They don't know, they know some stuff, but they don't know enough to say, hey, when, when they ask you to go do something, they're going to do it their way or say, well, I don't do it that way. I'm going to do it my way. The students are going to do it the way you want them to do it, the way you train them to do it, and, and their growth through your company and be appreciative. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, it is very good, you know, here in terms of opportunity. Yeah, we've talked in the past about as an employer, you need to always be recruiting and you need to broaden your spectrum of where you recruit. But to really make a big difference in that, uh, we've talked about culture, company benefits, 
uh, a clear path to advancement. You be able, need to be able to talk to a young adult and say, yes, your first job is the broom, but given some hard work, some dedication, a little after hours education, you know, the my job's the limit in this yeah. company. So uh, there's there's a lot of things that employers can do to help uh, attract and retain quality talent. There's a lot of people out there that are looking to work, um, just haven't been given the, the right communication or opportunity to do it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that and even bu- the business owners um, uh, needing to know that these are locations that they can absolutely reach out to you and you know ultimately find qualified candidates that go through a training program and apprenticeship and um, and and uh, let us know if there's any um, education. Say after someone would finish a program and get into a job, um, what are, is there any like education after that they can kind of pursue and kind of uh, work towards with Garage Eighty Two or, or outside of Garage Eighty Two? Yeah, I think you know uh, obviously education is the key. There's always there's always options. It's, the question could be you know. Are you economically advantaged enough to pay for those? Uh, that that's a question. You know, you really have to look at what's available. Um, yes, there's community college courses. Yes, there's um, training programs and and schools that provide specific enhanced programs um, for students like ours that they may not that they may not be attainable due to the lack of income. Um, so you know, we really look at uh, apprenticeships because they're they're not only are they free to the student, but the student's being paid to go through those apprenticeships. Uh, that's why we are partnered with the um, Carpenters Union here in Philadelphia, because uh, our students can go and apprentice for four years, entering in, in year one um, on their path to a journeyman and earn $19 an hour just to start while they're, while they're learning their industry and their career. Um, and so we really try and expose them to methods in which are attainable uh, to them, uh, either through union apprenticeship or non-union apprenticeship. There are a lot of employers that offer those um, apprenticeships as well, um, and and you know, don't cost the student, uh, um, you know, student loans or or anything like that. So we do we do ask that, and um, we utilize a lot of stuff and examples. You know, there's there isn't a thing that I don't learn. If I need to figure something out, I the first place I go to is YouTube, right? I mean, you can see stuff in YouTube <laughs> yeah. everywhere. Obviously, they're not going to learn a trade in YouTube, but if they want to know how to, uh, you know, s- swing a hammer or, it, you know, what kind of material they're using that day, you certainly can see, uh, learn quite a bit over the internet, right? Something we didn't quite have growing up as kids. Um, Absolutely. Just take a carpenter square or a roofing uh, square, I mean, yep. there, there's a ton of education on YouTube on all the intricacies on what those two basic tools can do for you. And then yep. the, the, a lot of people have struggled in school. The math that uh, uh, it takes to be able to do some of the jobs, you can find explanations and br- break it down on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's yep. um, the, the opportunities for people to gain education is greatly evolved with uh, technology. Yeah. yeah, there's some great online courses for math. You know, MT Copeland is one of the companies that that provides a lot of, of uh, educational opportunities. Even just reading a tape measure, right? You're talking about something simple, uh, you know, as a speed square or, or a carpenter square and, and reading a tape measure, breaking down an inch. It sounds easy. It sounds 
judgmental. It sounds like everyone should try to do it, but you'd be surprised at how many people don't know how to break down an inch or measure. Um, and so that's something we focus on greatly in the program with our students because they don't know how to measure. Um, and if you can measure, you can do a lot in, in as an entry uh, level tradesperson. So uh, for sure, we teach them how to do that. All the kids get tool belts uh, to start with entry level tools uh, that they take and, and can can use on their paid work sites. And if they get employed, we help them with protective equipment. So boots and ear ear protection, eye protection, gloves, um, just to kind of prep and get them them ready to go as well. And the first time they strap on that tool belt, it's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, the smiles on their faces. Absolutely. And, yeah. and, and when they open their boots and take a whiff of that nice leather and, and <laughs> they're very excited about it. So yeah. it's fun. Well, that, that that's important because, I mean, through Garage 82, um, it's, it's I mean, what we've pretty much talked about. I mean, and, and it's through your values is embrace, educate, and empower. The empowerment, I think, after they go through that education process with you, um, and ultimately if, when they get, get the job, if they go through the whole program and whatnot, I mean, how important is that empowerment for, you know, our generation now? You know, I think in any generation and, and especially with, with younger kids and justice involved individuals that, that elevating, right. That empower, that elevating of, of, of their own belief in themselves and their skill set is is the key to everything. You know, you can you can ed- give them an education, but if they don't believe in themselves or they don't have that feeling that that they can do it, um, they're not gonna they're not gonna go very far, right? I mean, think of all the things you've tried to learn over your your lifetime and just piques your interest for a minute and then you walk away because you don't think you can do it. Um, and so, spending the time with them to obviously educate them. Uh, embrace them first of all right so a lot of times especially with justice involved individuals they're a good majority are male and and men are supposed to be um the the breadwinner or the you know, traditionally right the breadwinner or the, the strength the pillar of strength in the families like they don't ever really get an opportunity to break down or tell you're struggling or you know express emotionally how they're feeling uh you know or frustration and so they hold all that in. And when they come and work with us, you know, we let them know, hey, like, we got you. Like, we, you don't have to be that strong person right now while, while you're with us. We're going we're gonna to help, help you keep breathe. You know, you can just breathe and, and take a minute. And this is for you, not for anyone else. Learn, you know, open your mind, take some time and invest in yourself because they don't, they don't get that opportunity very often because they're always trying to care for others in, mm-hmm. in certain circumstances. And so, um, yeah, elevating them and they're just getting them to believe in themselves is, is a big, a big part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's something, yeah, that's something we've talked about a lot in the show. Um, you know, how important soft skills, the self-actualization, the self-confidence that, you know, going through these type of programs and the, um, the, you know, the, the ability for someone to go through something like this and be able to find themselves and know exactly what their purpose is. And ultimately, you know, if it's able to fund exactly what it is that they want to do future, you know, in the, in the, in their future life or, you know, later on in their life, it's important that knowing that these are careers and these are opportunities that are out there. And, um, and garage 82 is absolutely, um, you know, somewhere that uh, many people can go to for resources and be able to, uh, learn a lot more about and uh, Lori it's been awesome like 
really, really awesome to know about the story, the name behind Garage 82, your story of how you started it during 2020, which is, again, um, for anybody that thinks about starting a business during a pandemic, you have you have no idea how you know what what can go through someone's head on that point unless you do it. But starting a business all of, all on its own is 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 uh, could be scary, nervous. But in the end, uh, I I really do hope Garage Eighty Two um, is fulfilling for you. Is exactly where where you know where you want to be, and um, it, it was exciting to have you on the show today. In, in Thank any, you. Any future plans for Garage Eighty Two? Just to grow to help more people, you know, uh, we're we're up for renewal for our for our one youth program uh, right now, and and so we should hear in a couple of days here if we were able to help some more students. So really, just you know, being able to to branch out and and grow the program and and expand to different communities would be uh, the goal for us. Really, awesome. Uh, more the merrier. Awesome. Really appreciate you guys inviting me to talk talk today. It's been great. Yeah. Glad to have you. Yeah. Before we finish up any, uh, um, advice or last thoughts that you want to give out to, um, you know, uh, the, the world right here about garage 82 or just, um, your thoughts on the industry and anything like that. Yeah. You know, my thoughts just really, if you're listening, talk to people, get, get that mindset that, you know, the trades are a place for people that aren't smart enough to go to college, uh, you know, and, 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 it was always looked at as something that you know, the troubled kids went to or did um, instead of really looking at it's a great way to, to begin a career debt free and and prosper and grow. I mean, most of the guys in these programs, women and men, uh, you know, they retire at 55 and they retire very well um, and and they have a second chapter in life moving forward. So really change your mindset in terms of who should be involved in the trades. It's open for everyone and anyone, anyone can do it. There's so many different types of, of opportunities and jobs, no matter your size, shape, age, color, uh, it doesn't matter. So uh, just be open and, and, and spread that word. Absolutely. Do your research too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Do your research, reach out to garage 82. And uh, um, before we head out um, again, ladies and gentlemen, we've been sitting down right here with Lori Narciso, uh, CEO of garage 82. And uh, let us know if um, they want to reach out to you, to your program, get some more information. What's the best way we can reach out? Yeah, you can just uh, hit us up at our website, uh, garage82.com. Uh, there's links there to um, fill out a form and, and reach out and connect. Or you can email me directly at Lori, L-A-U-R-I-E-N, at garage82.com. Awesome. Thank you again. Uh, the Trades Podcast dot com right here ladies and gentlemen uh recording in the ignite bbb studios a uh, shout out to uh utech serves sco helping us out with our back end of our things but uh i'm dj danny and i'm jeff mudd thank you so much for being on the show Lori. thank you thanks for having me